0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get to today's episode, I'm Ethan Skolnick. I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors of this podcast and of the network, And that's AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Or you want to get rid of that old car, Turn it into cash today. Get a top dollar offer, and check the same day they'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. But here's the single biggest thing: if you're looking for a new car, make sure to DM at Five Reason Sports. That's the number five reason sports. We had a few people do this already. They've had a great experience. I will give an AutoNation senior manager your information so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. That's a Five Reason Sports special. DM at Five Reason Sports. Let's get you in a new car, and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor,
0: a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Albon Sydney, aka Al
1: 954. Brought to you by the Five Reason Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here. You can find me at Ethan J. Skolnick or at Five Reasons Sports. Make sure you check out the other podcasts in our network, Three Arts Per Carry. Talking about tanking, Tua, all that stuff, you won't get more inside information. They've been all over the Minka Fitzpatrick situation. Maybe that's happened already by the time you listen to this pod. Also check out Five Rings Canes, of course, and also the Fish Tank, which is Dolphins Stories. They had longtime Dolphins trainer Bobby Monica on this week. So you don't want to suffer with the new team. Listen to stories about the old team, and also, of course, check out Light Skin Opinions, of which one of the hosts of this podcast is one of the hosts of that. That's Alphonse Sidney. Say hello, Alf. Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But also passe. I, do, we,
2: I we, do that on Light skinned Opinions. They I, understand I, it.
1: I know. Uh, we've, all, we've got a big three today. We're bringing in our third member of our team, going to be with us throughout the season on Five on the Floor. He'll be covering events, also helping, helping Alf produce the podcast. That's Alex Toledo. You can find him at Tropical Blanket. Can you please uh, – I don't really know the story here. Why are you Tropical Blanket exactly?
0: Oh, God. I feared this day might come. Um <laughs> So it was just a stupid thing that started with me and my friends in a middle school. Yeah. So I uh, made a Twitter account. I want to say eighth grade and I don't remember exactly where it uh, came from, but I believe the pretense was something to do with uh, a porn stage name.
1: (laughs) Naturally I shouldn't have asked.
0: It's a middle school thing, man. You shouldn't have asked. We could cut this out.
1: All right, we'll cut it out. Actually, you you may be producing this, so that'll be your option. All right, so if you want to find him, find him at Tropical Blanket. Don't you dare. No, we're leaving it. We're leaving it. I mean, we, we're leaving everything on this podcast. So here's what we're doing. We've got, as we speak today. Wait a second, two-
2: yes. How old did you feel when he said he started a Twitter account in middle school? Uh,
1: don't start. I started a Twitter account in 2009. Um, I actually started it next to Omar Kelly. That's the Kelly. same year. That's the, same, That's the same, year. same year. Well, we started ours together, Alex. Omar and I started it together in the Sun Sentinel office in 2009, and I was 36 at the time, so I don't want to hear about middle school. Um, here's what we're doing. As we speak today, we're two weeks away from Media Day at American Airlines Arena or uh, Bang Brothers Arena or whatever it is they're going to call it. We are two weeks and one day away from training camp starting in West Palm where all three of us will be along with Christopher Maddox. And so what we're going to do now, we've touched on a lot of this stuff throughout the offseason, but we're going to kind of zero in a little bit and put it under the microscope. We're going to look at the five biggest issues facing the heat as training camp starts. And I didn't plan on starting with this one, but this is the most topical because justice Winslow was at an event on Sunday, a carnival event. And he basically said, I want to be the Heat's starting point guard. That's what I'm planning to be. And of course this created a stir. And there's a lot of people that were going back to Pat Riley's quotes, After uh, the draft and saying that Goran Dragic was still the point guard, and Alf and I both told you, don't listen to anything that Pat says. And then they tried to trade Goran, and then Mark Cuban effed up or somebody in his organization effed up. They end up up getting Goran, and so Goran is back. I'm going to start here with you, Alf. Should we read into anything that has been said this offseason about who the point guard is for the Miami Heat?
2: Absolutely not. Because – and like – that press conference at the draft when Riley said that uh, Goron is his starting, um, he's a starting point guard. And we both took that with like this huge grain of salt, right? Because we were there, we heard it in context. We heard, he was just gushing over everybody, gushing about Dion and also called Like, it was was just like, it was like, not a meandering, but it was just, it was Riley at one o'clock in the morning and he was talking about his, uh, basically at, the, at his franchise player without Dwayne Wade there, like Goron's his guy, you know? So he was just, he was basically giving, he was deferring to a veteran, right? But even in that same press conference, we're not going to talk about the fact that he tried to trade him. Um, we're not going to talk about the fact that all the shit has justice Winslow and, uh, justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and even, he- a hero and Myers Leonard on it. We're not even going to talk about all that. In that press conference, he said there's going to be open competition for every position at training camp. So what is it? Is it A or B? Is it that Goron is is penned in etched in stone as a starter, or that they're going to have open competition? And if they're going to have open competition, I would th- I would think it would trend towards Justice Winslow being the starting point guard. And the way the season ended last year, the way they played their best basketball last year was with Justice at the Point. The fact that he is a way more complimentary player to, uh, to Jimmy Butler than Goran Dragic is. The fact that this team is looking towards a future and Goran Dragic is on an expiring deal. The fact that Goran Dragic is a very good offensive player, but he doesn't exactly create very well for other players, which would make him a great sixth man. Like, when you put all that into... Uh, into the pot, the only thing you can come out with is that, yes, Justice Winslow is starting, uh, starting point guard. Now, whether Goran Dragic is going to be the starting two guard uh, remains to be seen. But, but um, to me, it I, it doesn't matter what he said in that press conference. Um, the proof is in the pudding. We see what's, what's been going on all offseason. Yeah, uh, Justice Winslow should and, I, in my mind, will be starting point guard.
1: So, Alex, on that, and Alf touched on this, are we making too much of an issue of it generally? Because it is very possible, and I, I believe in Goran Dragic as a six-man. I've said that for a long time. I think that's where it's where his career started and started to blossom, and I think it's where it should finish, and I think he can do the Dwayne Wade role as well as Dwayne did. Maybe at this stage, maybe even a little better because he's a little younger when he got into it than Dwayne did. He doesn't have as much wear on him as Dwayne has and I think Goran could do that for three years at 22 to 25 minutes a game and be very productive off the bench playing both spots. But are we making too fine a point of his? Is their best backcourt Winslow and Dragic? And whoever is the, whoever's the point guard is the point guard.
0: I'm kind of with you on that. I think we might be making a little bit too much of it. Uh, from what we know about Spo, I would make a prediction and say that Dragic is going to be listed as starting point guard to start with uh, Winslow and Jimmy there as two and three. But – uh, like I've kind of implied uh, earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of shifted that over uh, to Dragic playing as a two guard, even though he's listed as point guard. I, I don't think it's as big a deal as he Twitter is making. I think I would like for him to start at point guard, certainly. But um, I think they're going to be fine regardless. I would love for Dragic to play six man. I think he's built for that role right now. But um, I'm not that mad about it.
1: Yeah, and, and getting, back, getting back to Justice's comments, does anybody have an issue with Justice being confident? Because I don't.
2: No, that's um, – the best Justice Winslow is a confident Justice Winslow, right? The best, conf- the best Justice Winslow is when he's not overthinking things, when he's taking command of the offense, when he's grabbing the ball at full court, bringing it down, and making decisions. And when he has the ball in his hand and he's confident and he's making decisions, that is the best – Heat offense. So today there was an um, there was an Ask Ira column, and um, it, one of the, the one of the questions was about who's a better point guard. Uh, is you know even though justice is, it it kind of came off between the question and answer that yeah the offense may be deficient with Justice at the point, but his defense makes up for it. That is asinine. Um, the 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 offense the pace may be slower with uh with justice at the point but they are super efficient when justice is out there at the point and that was their best basketball of the season and then christian hernandez even put out a chart uh that showed you every single player on the miami heat last year was a was a better player when it comes to plus minus per 100 possessions when they played with justice and when they played without Every single player on the Miami Heat, except one, was better playing with Justice than without. Do you know who that one was? Dion. No, Goran Dragic, Mm -hmm. which furthers the point that, no, Goran Dragic should not start at the two guard. Goran Dragic should come off the bench, six-man, back up Justice Winslow, run that second unit probably better than 90% of the backup point guards in the league, give you a potent punch off the bench, but justice and justice doesn't make Goran better and Goran doesn't make justice better to start them together to appease a guy on a, on, a, on an expiring contract is the wrong move. In my opinion, if Dwayne Wade, Dwayne friggin Wade can come off the bench for the Miami heat, Dra- Goran Dragic can. And I don't, I think that, that pro- that should be the end of the story.
1: Yeah, well, I've said that, and and I don't think Warren is the type of personality to fight it. I mean, he he makes his feelings known, but I don't think it's like Dion. Like I, I feel like there's going to be more of an issue if they decide Dion's going to come off the bench, or they might decide the path of least resistance is to start Dion. And you and I, we've all talked about this. I don't love Dion as a fit between Winslow and and Butler, but I feel like they may do that because that's the way to keep Dion motivated and in shape early in the season, and then maybe as a trade asset as they go forward until eventually it's Harrow coming off the bench. I, I think if Harrow shows anything in camp, I would stick Harrow with the two and get the spacing and then bring Dion and Dragic off the bench together and see if he can recapture the magic from three years ago, which I think is still possible if if Goran's healthy and Dion is in shape. Let's go back to Justice for a second, Alex, and just as a, as a point guard, what needs to – because, again, the numbers were really good for a stretch, and then he faded a little bit, and then he got hurt, And then their group really wasn't together at the end of the season. And as we know, they missed the playoffs, you know, by a pretty slim margin. What does he need to do better to be a point guard? Because the biggest improvement that I saw last year, and this really came across in person, was that it looked like Dwayne had rubbed off on him. That we don't think of Dwayne as a point guard, but he saw the floor better than any player in Heat history other than LeBron. And he's also probably as good a passer as LeBron, okay? He's the only one who's close, who's been in a Heat uniform. And when I watched Justice, there was a lot of Dwayne in his game. That he, It seems like the game slowed down. He was making players move at his pace instead of at their pace. But I still, there's still some things on the floor I don't think he's seeing all the time. How does he get better as a true point guard?
0: So for me, well, I agree with the past couple of years that he's made so many strides getting increasingly better. As a floor general, he's gotten better at making the reads. Like he's reading the floor, you know, showing a lot of D-Wade-esque things in that regard. But I think for him, ironically enough, to get better at becoming a point guard, he's Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts?
2: Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this?
0: Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Got to be more comfortable playing as somebody who can be a real threat to score when he gets the ball. Because the one thing I've really been considering is going through a scenario where Justice is a starting point guard, Jimmy's a three, and then to say you have Deion or Harrow at the two. Actually, it doesn't really matter. The point being, Justice plays a slow offense, Jimmy does the same thing. I want to see what it's going to look like when Justice doesn't have the ball in his hands. Is he just going to be relegated to being a spot-up shooter, how he was, you know, same as he was as a rookie? Uh, Because that's going to kind of, you know, diminish his effectiveness, I feel like. So I would like to see him get better at, you know, scoring off the pick-and-roll, becoming a more consistent finisher, staying a good spot-up shooter. I think those things will make the defense respect him more and make him a better point guard.
2: Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, Alf. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I agree with Alex there because – the one thing I do like about the Jimmy and Justice pairing and where the the the, win, the Waiters thing kind of worries me, Waiters needs that ball in his hand. Jimmy doesn't – I feel like Jimmy's game is not bringing the ball up. I feel like once Jimmy gets the ball, he likes to have it in his hand. He dominates it. But it's the, the, the initial action. I don't think Jimmy is one of these guys that has to be involved in the initial action. I think Justice is at his best when he's involved in the initial action. And he can make the read and and get you into the offense because Justice, as slow as he plays, he is uh, he's very deliberate in the way he gets you into the action. Whereas Josh Richardson, a lot of times, just looked really indecisive. Justice, he may be it may be slower, but it's because he's looking for the perfect opening. And that's what that's where you when when we talk about the Dwayne influence, Dwayne a lot of time didn't care what <laughs> what 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 you wanted as far as pace, Dwayne was going to wait for the perfect opportunity and he was going to make the right read. And I think justice has a lot of that in him. But one thing that um, Alex touched on, which is super important, which why is that a confident Justice Winslow is the best Justice Winslow because an aggressive Justice Winslow is the best Justice Winslow. When if all he's looking to do when he has that ball and he's initiating offense is looking for an open man and he's not looking to score he becomes a lot easier to defend. One thing that's funny about Justice is he can get to the rim at will. At will because he's so strong. But a lot of times he defers too much. And I'm not saying I want Justice Winslow going down there, putting his head down and driving to the rim every time, but it has to be a threat. And it has to be a huge threat because that's going to open up his three-point game, right? And that will also open up what he can do for other players. So Alex is right. And that's the thing. It's a really, really hard balance and it's gonna make it's gonna be an even harder balance to to attain if he's out there, uh, standing in the corner while Goran Dragic dribbles underneath the rim. Like it is just not to me. It just does not make sense to play those two guys together for significant minutes.
1: All right, we're gonna get into how this thing plays out when we come back. But first. Want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Networks? That's Magic City Casino. If you haven't been out to the High yet, Balls Cast, one of the podcasts on our network, talks about it all the time. You got to check it out. It's JAI. It's at Magic City. Just started this summer, putting a brand new spin on a classic Miami experience. They've got unbeatable drink specials, a live DJ, an indoor lawn game area, and of course, live High lie, that traditional Miami game. If you haven't seen it. No, it's one of those sports you can go out and bet on. So definitely do that. The High is Miami's newest hotspot on Friday and Saturday nights. Go early. You can still go out after. Nobody in Miami goes out till 11 or 12 o'clock anyway. So go check out the High first. It started on July 19th. It's been going strong since. Live the High life. Again, that's Magic City Casino in downtown Miami. All right, let's close here with sort of the first of our five big issues facing the heat as camp starts. And let's also – I'm going to start here with how this ends up playing out, okay? So we're going to do predictions at the end of all these episodes. I think they're going to start the two of them together to start the season, um, unless Dion's in great, great shape and they can't keep him out of there. I think this is more of a competition between Goran and Dion for a starting spot than it is Justice. I think as much as they talk about all these other players and kind of poo-poo this idea of Justice being a starter, they know where the future is here. They're not going to bring Justice off the bench after what happened last year. They also know that his confidence, I think Alf hit on this, is everything with him. And if you put him on the bench to start the season, you potentially lose him. It's not the same as the white side situation where he pout, but I just don't think he gets everything out of himself if he doesn't feel good about the way he's playing and the way the organization feels about him. I still think he's at that stage. So I think that it's basically between Goran and Dion for the spot next to him. And I think a lot of that will depend on what they see justice doing. If they see justice taking control of the offense and sort of clearing guys out and being aggressive, like Alf's talking about, I think they're more likely to put Dion out there with him. But I think if they feel like he's not really there yet, then Goran becomes a safety net. And then, like I said earlier, I don't think they want to do this, but then they deal with the sort of the ramifications of Dion coming off the bench. Alf, how do you think this thing plays out?
2: I think it plays out, um, we go into the season with Justice and Winslow, not Justice and Winslow, (laughs) Justice and Waiters at the one of the two, right? Um, Going off the bench um, with guys like Hero, Myers Leonard, uh, James Johnson, uh, Ozzy Ospala at one point um Der- derrick jones jr with a very, very to me i think it could be one of the most potent second units in the nba and i think a lot of that hinges on the, on goran being the sixth man um and then i think by uh by the all-star break probably probably before the all-star break i think tyler hero proves himself worthy of that, uh, that starting uh two guard spot now where that puts Dion, and where that, where does that put his attitude? Where does that put his his buy-in? I don't know, right? Um, and that it that worries me because I don't think you're gonna, you're, I don't think you're gonna have a problem with Goron start coming off the bench. I don't think he wants to, but I think if you sell it to him as, listen, you, we need you to lead the second unit, and also we need you healthy for the playoffs. Like we can't keep going through three week stretches without Goran Dragic on our team uh 18 20 minutes a game and then in the playoffs you you really kick up his minutes i think that's fine but i don't know how Dion is going to take being demoted but i think when it comes to spacing and i i think when it comes to the fit with justice and jimmy and bam and and kelly whoever's out there for the starting lineup but most importantly with justice and jimmy tyler hero is the perfect fit like absolutely perfect two guard for that situation now, the Heat's history does not suggest that Tyler Hero will be the starting two guard on the, on the fir- at the first game of the season. But if he can show something off the bench, I think eventually he, he settles into that role, and that's going to be your starting lineup uh, going forward.
1: Alex, how does it play out?
0: See, I agree. I think Dragic is going to end up starting alongside uh, Justice and Jimmy. I think at some point, Dragic will get moved. As a six man, I think he's, like I've said before, he's built to be the, you know, ideal six man. Uh, but it's going to be a gradual thing. Like it always is with Spoh, Uh, just like we were talking about earlier. I think around the time that they, you know, put Dragic onto the bench, finally put Justice as a starting point guard, it's going to be around the same time that we start seeing KZ Akpala maybe start getting some playing time. It's always a gradual thing. Like I remember when Jay Rich wasn't getting any type of playing time a few years back when we had that Wade, Bosch, Dragic, Whiteside team, and then... Second half of the season, he was firmly entrenched into that rotation. Uh, I think that's a co- you know it's a constant theme with Spo, and I think we're going to see it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think you're right about that. I, mean, I remember Josh Richardson basically shuttling back and forth to G League. Uh, I think it was D League at the time, but basically going back and forth to learn how to run pick and rolls because they couldn't really figure out what his role was going to be because he he kind of had to fit in as a backup point guard behind Dragic and it was never really comfortable for him. I think what we're all sort of agreeing on here is that ultimately they're going to be best off with Goran Dragic as their sixth man. I just don't know that they get there at the start of the season. I, I, am you know, again, I think this is a battle between Dragic and waiters. I don't think Jimmy's going to start at the two. I know there've been some people who've suggested that, that you put Jimmy next to Winslow. I don't, and then maybe Derek Jones Jr. at the three. But to me, unless Derek Jones Jr. proves that he can be a 35% knockdown three-point shooter, it's not really a fit right now. As athletic as that group would be, if you've got if you've got Jimmy and you've got Justice and you've got DJJ, and then Bam switching everything, like nobody's scoring off that team. Uh, long arms, you know, quickness, all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't see that as a fit. I think they're going to have to figure out whether it's Dragic, whether it's Waiters to start the season, next to Winslow, I think Winslow's a starter, whatever you want to call him in terms of his, his position. And then ultimately, I think you're looking at Winslow and Harrow as the backcourt of the future. I think that's what they're planning on. But Even and, if they deny it, I think that's where it's going.
2: And, Ethan, one thing, when, when we go back to last year, because he had a good defense last year. Not great, but it was a good defense. When they started uh, wait, wait. When they started Justice Winslow, the the slower pace help the defense mm. they are built to play, play at a slow pace and justice is the point guard for that pace and i know everybody about pace 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 possession possession possessions but if you have a really good defense uh, putting the game in the mud is not a bad thing no right it's actually it's it's beneficial like, if you can play a half-court game all game long with Justice and Jimmy Butler on the peri- perimeter, and you have, like you said, Bam Adebayo out, out switching everything, and Kelly Olynyk who's a good system defender, and and, it, and a healthy Deion Waiters is a good defender, like, that it's almost ideal to slow the pace down. And then if you have a change of pace with Dragic coming off the bench, which Dragic, as fast as he's always played, he's never actually fit into the heat system, as it were. Because he does, he, he plays a different style than no no would.
1: no no. He's been frustrated by it at times. Yeah. but but now he doesn't want to run like he used to. But yeah, when he first came in, he was frustrated by. It. They are more comfortable, and this goes back twenty plus years. We talk about pace and space with the Heat teams, the Big Three teams. They're more comfortable playing at a slower pace. Both teams typically play at a slower pace. Riley teams played at a slower pace. It's what they do. They got away from it a little bit at times during those middle two years of the Big Three. But that first year. That was a defensive grinded out team, I mean, they, but they had what they called skirmishes, right? And so they would get points off of that, but that was a clumsy offensive team for most of that first season. They don't really want to play fast, and I don't think this team is built to play fast. It's young. There's athleticism on it. There are finishers on the break now if you have DJJ and if Akpala becomes what you expect him to become. And Harrow is a better ball handler in transition than I thought he would be. So there are options there. But I think they want to put it in the mud. I think that's where they feel most comfortable. And I I think if they look at the Eastern Conference, it's where they would be most effective against a team like Philadelphia or Milwaukee. So I think that's where they're headed. So I agree with you, Al. Anyway, we'll get to more issues uh, here as we go forward. Our next one's going to be about Jimmy Butler. And, and whether he can prove that he's a true number one, because all the episodes we've done this year, there's some difference of opinion on that. But make sure you check out another of our sponsors, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Check them out at SeltzerMayberg.com. That's S-E-L-T-Z-E-R-M-A-Y-B-E-R-G.com. They handle all kinds of cases all over the state. But one of their specialties are traffic tickets. They can handle your traffic ticket for $49.95 or up they got mine thrown out recently they've done it for a couple of my friends too and a couple of people who just follow the network and we also share an office with them they're good people they're in north miami you can go check them out in person or give them a call and uh, we'll have all that information out there as we always do but check out the website seltzermayberg.com you can chat online with them right this very minute we'll be back with a new episode very soon